Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is two of the Warriors Three. It's Derek and myself, Mike. Um, and I will just say local newspaper because we have Toy Story Land opening here at Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. Not the major paper. It's the, the weekly paper. Uh, it's called the Orlando Weekly. Headline, Disney erects giant Woody at Hollywood Studios. I saw something about that. <laughs> um clickbait i think not <laughs> if it was well played kudos to you <laughs> but yeah that's how this week's been going <laughs> <laughs> so how are you bro or god how are you Derek? <laughs> told you told you before show it's been a <laughs> long day and it's gotta be the paint fumes <laughs> could be I'm doing well, although my wife just informed me that we have uh, a bit of thunder outside, so if you lose me all of a sudden... <laughs> Thor's in town? Apparently. Okay. Well. Or storm. <laughs> who else could we go with? Who else has got a thunder? I was just trying to think who does uh, Black Lightning, I guess. Black Lightning. Well, how, how about this? Uh, I'm going to start us off. You know how I feel, or you, the listeners, even know how I feel about quote-unquote professional cosplayers and conventions. Mm, vaguely. Just a little. <laughs> I, I, we have a vague idea. I, I think your local cosplayers should get more attention and get more spotlight than the professionals at at a show. Personally. See, that, that, at le- that at least makes sense. It's not like you just hate all cosplayers. It's... Oh, I love, don't get me wrong, I love seeing the cosplayers around, you know, on the floor. I mean, some great ones. Even even my daughter has cosplayed. I've cosplayed as a podcaster <laughs> at Celebration. Um, but it's, I, I think the professionals who, who feel, or those who are trying to be professional and their sense of entitlement that comes with it. Oh, I've got so many people on going online and buying my negligee pictures so I can make the costume for your show that you need to pay for my plane ticket and hotel room for and give me a table for free and allow me to sign autographs that, yeah, okay, I'll give you your 10%, whatever. No, sorry. Yaya Han, sure, market her, but her table's on the exhibit floor because she's signing at her shop. She is an exhibitor along as a celebrity, and she signs from her her costume store or whatever it is that she sells I think ears and wings and other chashki stuff like that. She sure. she's not over there with, or at least at the show here, she's not over with voice talent or or TV celebrities and movie celebrities trying to trying to make money from there. She does it from her own booth. Now I can't say for other shows, maybe she does do it that way if she doesn't have if she's not if she is not selling her wares at the other show. But cosplay is not what I'm talking about, believe it or not, with this rant. Really? <laughs> How's this one for a Comic-Con? Local convention is now highlighting and advertising YouTube celebrities. Uh, yeah. 
sorry, they have a convention for them. It's called Playlist, and Playlist Orlando is here in Orlando this particular weekend. Why do we need to bring these? Okay, I understand they're part of pop culture, but they're not celebrity. To me, that's not the venue. Oh, let's put a YouTube sensation. Let's put JoJo Swaya or whoever she is, and let's sit her next to Ivy Doom Kitty, who's sitting next to Norman Reedus. Really? No. No. At this point in time, if you're going to do, if you're going to do, do stuff like that, media and TV voice actors in one area, cosplayers in Artist Alley with everyone else, and YouTubers in their own little gallery, and put them in separate, and put them all in separate corners of the room, if that's the way you want to do it. Makes sense to me. So, I mean, it's already pretty sad when you see, and I understand the person's trying to make a living as well, but when you see, oh, so-and-so from The Walking Dead. Oh, what did you do on The Walking Dead? I was so-and-so zombie. <laughs> okay, how many episodes? Oh, one and a half. <clears throat> okay. Now, as with, every, with all this going on, how about a podcaster's wing? I'd love to be a paid guest to go sign autographs at a po- at a comic convention. How about sure. you? Sure. That would be fun. We could do that. That going to happen? No. Not unless we end <laughs> up on TV. But I know the one time Ming Chen, Mike Zapsik, and, uh, and Brian, Brian Johnson, when they were down here for Megacon, they were advertised to be guests that were signing. Where were they signing? They had a table set up for them in the ex- exhibit area. Hmm. What? They're not good enough to be in media row. They have a TV show. <laughs> Matt Sinrich and uh, or someone else that was with them from Robot Chicken. Their table was at media row or was on uh, the exhibit floor, not media row. So they were down hmm. there like they were they were being treated as if they were like comic book artists. And I'm sorry, comic book artists should have their own section as well if you're bringing them in. Not spread out across the exhibitor's floor where you gotta hunt and pack to find them. If they're gonna sell their wares, okay. Have a different, have a, oh, it's the Neil Adams shop. It's the Scotty Young shop. I mean, that that is why they call it Artist Alley when they have it. It's put a crate create at the back of Artist Alley a whole row of tables of all the all your comic book creators and then go, oh, you want to find my store? It, my, and then right across the way from them, first row or two of Artist Alley is all the celebrity stores <laughs> of your paid celebrities that you brought in for the convention. To me, wouldn't that make more sense? Sure. That's it. We just need we need to figure out how to come up with the money and do our own our own show. Our own commission. Yeah. Sure, no problem. <laughs> let's start it let's start a GoFundMe. <laughs> we need what, five hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> to start. To do a small two day show? Start off small. Actually, one of my friends just started a local small, smallish comic convention. I should, we could talk to him about how we did it. Yeah, figure out how. Maybe we can be involved with it. <laughs> well, it'll have to wait till next year because he just had it. Find out from Kylan and and Ken. They're involved with. Uh, how was the show that they do? Odd Mall and oh yeah, and corn on, and uh, was it corn on the cob? Corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. Something like that. Mm. There's got to be something. We can figure out how to get some of these people 
for startup fairly inexpensive and then build our way up to it. I think we can do it, right? It's the way the cons should be. That's the motto. Sure. Gigapalooza, the way the con should be. And see, San Diego Comic-Con can't do anything to us because we didn't use the word Comic-Con in our show. We Be Geeks presents Gigapalooza. <laughs> right, we'll have to check that. That might be used. Well, I'll check for that while you go to the next, <laughs> to the first story of the night, which is almost another rant. Oh, it's a rant, all right. <laughs> <clears throat> well, recently, uh, a certain director has been in the news lately for some comments he has made in regards to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that director, if you've been sleeping in it, hibernating in a cave up until now, is none other than James Cameron. Uh, I, I, I'm going to interrupt real quick. Geekapalooza. Geekapalooza is a social networking event for all us electronics geeks that focuses on expanding our resources, building relationships, and bringing every aspect to the local electronics industry together. Ah. Well, crap. <laughs> That's all uh, I got to say. It's all crap. Time well, for another figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to say it's going to happen one day. One day. It's going to happen. One day. So, as I was saying, uh, James Cameron James Cameron uh, was telling reporters on Saturday that he respects what Marvel Studios has done for the superhero genre, but that he is burnt out by the sheer number of movies. <laughs> he was... <laughs> It was quoted as saying, I'm hoping we'll start getting Avenger fatigue here pretty soon. Uh, he was telling IndieWire, not that I don't love the movies. It's just, come on, guys. There are other stories to tell besides hyper gonadal males with without families doing death-defying things for two hours and wrecking cities in the process. It's like, oi. <sighs> Uh, could that be something like Avatar? Mm. Oh, wait, sorry. You've pushed that back, what, six times over the last four or five years? Well, speaking of which, he's he talked about what fans can expect from the upcoming four new Avatar movies. Yeah, get the first one out first before you even consider the other three. Okay, so here's what he said. I found myself as a father of five starting to think about what would an Avatar story be like if it was a family drama. What if it was The Godfather? It's not. <laughs> it's a generational family saga that's very different than the first film. There's still the same setting and the same respect for the shock of the new. We still want to show you things that you haven't even seen or imagined, but the story is very different. Uh, as in, will there actually be a story? It's a continuation of the same characters, but what happens when warriors who are willing to go on suicide charges and leap off cliffs, what happens when they grow up and have their own kids? It's become a very different story. Oh, sorry, I fell asleep there. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> it's funny how you can now, fall asleep and you're still talking. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, it, like must be, it must be James Cameron. Yeah. Now, I have... Several, several issues with the, all of this. First of all, again, James Cameron, I think he's a little overrated. I mean, yeah, I love the Terminator, the original Terminator movie, and T2 was good. I hated Titanic, uh, which 
amounted to a three-hour romantic drama. And then, hey, a boat sank. Avatar, sure, it was a pretty movie, but the story was, uh, how shall we say, um, a ripoff, basically. (laughs) Welcome. So you want you want Marvel to you want people to get Avenger fatigue so there can be room for other stories. There are plenty of rooms for other stories, but we don't need your stories because you haven't had a good story in a very long time. And the other thing is uh, the superhero movies, when they're done right, are very good and often have crossed over into other genres. For example, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier was uh, a political thriller. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was an epic space drama. Uh, Well, I don't know if I'd call it a drama, but... How how about this one? Steven Spielberg kind of said the same thing last year. Guess what? He's doing the Blackhawks movie. Yeah, no kidding. And we're not uh, talking about the hockey team. Yeah. So, and then look at Logan last year. That was an, a great story, great movie. Uh, Deadpool, which totally flipped it, the, look, look the at, genre. Look at Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2, a romance film for the girls. Look at Black Panther. That was a really <laughs> great film. I love how you just paused and let that one hang there. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, I'm sorry, James Cameron, but just because there's a lot of superhero movies doesn't mean there aren't, there isn't room for other good movies. So, if you want to put out a good movie, go right ahead. Now, here's what Kevin Feige said had to say about James Cameron's comments. Uh, so <laughs> he decided to focus on the positive side while utterly ignoring the criticism. Uh, his quote was, uh, he loves the movies. That's awesome. Wow. James Cameron loves our movies. That's exciting. <laughs> you gotta love Kevin Feige. <laughs> yeah. See, again, it all depends on as long as the movies are good, there's plenty of room for them. Just like there's plenty of room for all the rom-coms that are out there or the, you know, thrillers that are out there or the, you know, cheesy horror movies that are out there or, you know, there's all kinds of genres for all kinds of filmgoers and not everybody loves every genre. But again, all I'm going to say is, James Cameron, what have you done for me lately? Um, um, <laughs> so brought brought us World of Pan- Pandora at Animal Kingdom that was supposed to open after. I'm going to say that again. Mm-hmm. After Avatar Two was supposed to open, that Woo-hoo. um, you push back. Till 2020, making this part of the park almost irrelevant and and not even a a thing to consider. You know, as the novelty of it's going to wear off by the time the movie kicks around. Mm. But no, sorry, you're not Star Wars. Meh. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I have absolutely no interest in seeing any more Avatar movies. We'll see what happens if and when they come out. But right now, I could care less. <laughs> Here, here. I'm kind of, I'm just getting tired of the people putting down the superhero movies because exactly what he said, they're just, you know, they're just male driven, blah, 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 tearing apart. And then 
And then, you know, the they come out with Wonder Woman, which was a good movie, and he said he complains that oh it's it's objectifying the character. Like, give me a break. Uh, and what about you with uh your stuff with Avatar? Mm. Or whatever with whoever. So Titanic. anyway uh, that movie. <laughs> I went to go. I went to go see that in the theater with my wife. We were still dating at the time, so, and so was my wife and I. By the time the ship sank, I didn't even care anymore. We heard someone talk about in line what would happen. Now, I can't wait to see how they portray the ship sinking. And literally, half the line is going, "What the ship sinks? <laughs> really?" It's like, are you being sarcastic? Or are you being real? <laughs> being real? Do you not know history? What the hell? Titanic. Look it up. Anyway, so. We seem to have started off with a couple of rants. Maybe we should move on to something else. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of want to rag on uh, James Cameron a little bit more. <laughs> well, I've said okay. my piece. Okay. How about this? Over under. How many more times before 2020 will Avatar get pushed back again? Is it going to stay at 2020 or is it going to be, I'm going to say plus or minus two? Well, right now... Two years? No, two more times it gets pushed back. Oh, right now it's it's scheduled for December of 2020, so that's not even. I mean, that's the end of the year, so. Yeah, that's still so. I could easily see it slipping into 2021. So, like I said, over under. I, I put the over under at two. Do you go mm. over or under? Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But over two. Or under two? Uh, um, I'm going to say over. Okay. I, I Okay. I think we can do that. I might almost agree. So, well, okay. That goes that story. That goes that story. Um. Okay. Well, we're not doing spoilers. Premiere of Infinity War was a couple days ago at time of recording. Mm-hmm. Um, Question comes down. How many post-credit scenes are in Avengers Infinity War? 23. With how many of how many heroes in each one? <laughs> <laughs> one for every hero. <laughs> Let's see. They're supposed to be over 60-something, so I say three per. Yeah. <laughs> three per. Uh, there's just, uh, there's no end credits. It's, it's just... <laughs> It's the scenes. Green. The, the the credits are being ghosted or, or watermarked over the top of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, according to Epic Stream, they say this is a no spoilers article. Um, they go, you know, ever since the first Iron Man movie went, showed Nick Fury recruiting Tony Stark into the Avengers, but did he? Ah, uh, yes. Did he really? I think he was trying to use them to inspire other people to join. Um, Marvel has become obviously associated with movie ends. You stick around or you're going to miss out on a lot of things. But the question is, didn't X-Men 3 do this first? Mm, I do not recall this X-Men 3 movie of which you speak. All right. All right. All right. X-Men 3 The Last Stand <laughs> came out when? Again, I do not recall this X-Men 3 movie that you speak of. Oh, yeah. It's, I forgot. It's, it's, it, it got wiped away with X-Men First Class. 
It's as if it has been wiped out of my memory. X-Men Last Stand was 2006. Iron Man, first one, I believe, was 2008. Yes. 2008. Hello. Let's give credit to where credit's due. At least X-Men 3 did it way before it was popular to do in the MCU. And I want to say there might have been others that did it before that, even. I don't remember. Of course it is, but it was the MCUs who made it popular. Yeah, now you go to a Star Wars film and you expect there to be end credits. I don't. Well, you know, Pixar Pixar was doing it with their movies, putting out outtakes. So it was happening even before X3. You had little post-credit scenes. But it wasn't taking up the entire screen. It would be like a bubble on the side while credits are still rolling. But it was still there. Anyway, uh, usually it was to build up, the, you know, these scenes are to build up the next film or was a like one final stinger for the film you just saw uh, uh my turn to interrupt sure the the first movie to have an after credit scene um it's not exactly specific uh it is believed it could be 1960s ocean 11 uh or possibly 1963 from russia with love the james bond film okay so there yeah, but again, that. but again, Marvel's the one who made it more popular. Yeah. So much so that people sit at the end of a Star Wars film waiting for an end credit scene. Say, yeah, folks, that's not happening. Uh-huh. Oh, in case you missed it, there's an end credit scene at the end of Rogue One. It's it's Cassie and Robin's sudden tan lotion on Ray or on uh, Jen. Too soon. Anyway. <laughs> It's tanning oil. I mean, canola oil. Because <laughs> they're crispy anyway. Um, anyway, um, you know, most have had multiple post-credit scenes. Like, for example, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which had five, where four mm. of them were extra jokes. But they also threw in a cameo like, oh, Jeff Goldblum as Game Master. Did you catch that during the end credits? Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that one. Oh, wow. A little nod to Thor Ragnarok that's coming later in the year. I think, actually, I had read about it before I even saw it, so I knew it was coming. <laughs> um, so, how many post-credit scenes does Affinity War have? Well, according to most people, one. Just one. Interesting. Okay. For those who have seen the film's premiere, which, okay, if you were in L.A., you got to see it, if you were lucky. Um, they have revealed that there was only one post-credit scene, and fans don't have to wait long. Granted, this could just be done for the premiere, so there would be an extra one to full reporters, but that is pure speculation. Interesting. Um, now, considering how massive Infinity War and the sequel are going to be, I mean, they're already talking half a billion dollar take this weekend. Mm. Um, I got my tickets. I probably won't see it until maybe next week. I don't know yet. Um, considering how, how massive this and Avengers 4 will be, uh, can you forgive Marvel for just one post-credit scene? Um, yes. We still don't know how Infinity War ends or how uh, the untitled Avengers 4 will start up. 
Um, I, l- I love this line in this article. Heck, we don't even know what Avengers 4 is going to be called. I know, as I still haven't said, and it's coming out next year. Wait, 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 this just in? Avengers 4, mo' money, mo' money, mo' money. <laughs> um... Still, only one post-credit scene uh, could be acceptable, and hopefully will be pleasing everyone who is still doing the pee-pee dance after having watched (laughs) the entire film. Uh, Now, this, I believe the movie's like two and a half hours or something, right? So if you're doing the pee-pee dance waiting for the Avengers film, just remember this particular ditty. Tequila. No? Or is that just a horrible rendition? It took me a while to figure out what you were doing there. The tequila pee pee dance brought to us by Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Paging Mr. Herman, Mr. Pee Wee Herman. Uh, yes. I wonder if Paul Rubens would be available to come on the show. Ooh, that would be cool. I would love that. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, one. What? I think that was your story anyway. One, uh, one post-credit scene. Okay, cool. I think we can do that. Yeah, you, I, I mean, they could have changed it, but the the thought is that, of course, Avengers Infinity War is going to directly lead into Avengers Four. So you don't want too many post-credit scenes that are going to, you know, spoil anything. Or yeah, but maybe it won't because you know we still got Ant Man and Wasp. We still yeah, get Captain Marvel. Um, wasn't there? Know, that's what I'm wondering. Wasn't there another one coming? Uh, not before Avengers Four, I think. I don't remember. I, I just don't remember. So, anyway, uh, let's move on, shall we? Sure. Now we have some more Infinity War news more indeed and i am so excited for infinity war i can't wait to see it this weekend anyway that's not the news um so we know that infinity war is gonna have some 67 or something characters in it including all of the avengers the guardians of the galaxy doctor strange spider-man uh taking on thanos and his black order However, there were some characters that were originally planned to appear who were cut for a smoother experience, which, okay, you can understand that. However, the one I don't understand is it looks like they have cut Adam Warlock out of the movie. Uh, Of course, uh, we know earlier they cut out Captain Marvel and Death, which is, I, you know, whatever. So, uh... The writers, Stephen McFeely and Christopher Marcus, uh, <laughs> McFeely, <laughs> uh, told, told E.T. the most logical reason there are already too many characters. Uh, the poster has 23 heroes, and that isn't including the Black Order uh, and uh, supporting characters. 
so uh, a quote from them. Well, there are some in the original Infinity Gauntlet series that are like we didn't introduce Adam Warlock because it's a massive backbend. And you practically have to make an Adam Warlock movie to introduce him. He just can't walk on screen. So there was a brief moment when we were like, eh. And then we were like uh, pointing to the movie's poster. We have that many characters already. And then there were others we couldn't use like Silver Surfer uh, who would have been useful. But we can't touch him currently. So they well, cut the out Adam. Still can't touch him. Exactly. They can't. Uh, so they decided to cut Adam Warlock because um, it would be too difficult, basically, to introduce him in Infinity War and give him a proper introduction. Um, however, they did show a cocoon at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, one of the previously mentioned cut scene um, after credit scenes we talked about. Um, and uh, so, if you don't know, uh, Warlock was a huge part of the Thanos story and Infinity story. Uh, the two have been enemies for a long time. Uh, they've also teamed up for the betterment, betterment of the universe. Uh, but the two cosmic characters are destined to fight forever. Although I think currently in the comic, no, Adam Warlock just came back in the comics. But there's yeah. a big his, there's a big long history between Adam Warlock and Thanos that leads into the Infinity Gauntlets and Infinity War and all the Infinity stories. And I personally, I am a huge fan of Adam Warlock. I always have been. He's uh, one of one of my favorite characters that doesn't get used enough. So, not gonna lie, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, but on the one hand, it does make sense that to just throw it might not work to just throw Adam Warlock in into Infinity War without any kind of backstory or anything. Without a proper backstory. So, I don't know. I ha- I have very mixed feelings about it. On the one hand, I'm disappointed. On the other hand, I wouldn't want them to do a, a, a poor job of uh, uh, with Adam Warlock either. I want them, you know, you want to see him get a proper introduction. So, right. uh, so there we have it. No Adam Warlock. No Captain Marvel. No Death, which is another one that's also kind of... Weird because death Thanos is basically doing everything he he does for death. Yeah, that's true. This this is too. Well, I guess we can continue. Um, we've talked about Marvel. Well, here here's another big thing. Disney reveals entire upcoming release schedule for Marvel, Star Wars, and more. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so of course, and we kind of get this update almost every, every year about this time, right before the summer Mm. series, summer season starts. So of course the timeline is going to start with Avengers affinity war. Um, of course this comes from CinemaCon. No, we need to see about potentially getting to CinemaCon. We need to do something. we We need to do something where we try and get us all together for a convention and possibly the other two shows. Well, other three shows, four shows, five shows, all of the, all the shows that we're all associated with together. <laughs> okay. So let's just count this down. 
I've got Weeby Geeks, Mighty Marvel Geeks, Wookie Radio, which you're a part of two of those. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have three more shows of your own. No, just two more. Keepers. Keepers okay. of the Frames. Keepers. And uh, New England Society of Geeks. Okay, so there's so we're up to five. Ken's got along with Kylan Geek Watch One, mm-hmm. and then Ken's also got um, DC Superpowers, mm-hmm. where they're the Justice League janitors. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that takes us to seven. Then you have Eric, who also has his show over on Sorcerer Radio called Sorcom Review or SCR now. So that's nine. Yeah. What am I missing? I think that's it. Nine shows amongst six hosts. I could be a hell. That could be a convention on its own. <laughs> no kidding. And the first convention can be held from eight in the morning till noon at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Um. So yeah, CinemaCon almost sounds like Cinema Bun. Um, mm-hmm. So here, here's the upcoming slate of movies. And, of course, some new ones being thrown in. But starting with Affinity War, then going to Solo, A Star Wars Story, then The Incredibles 2, then Ant-Man and Wasp, then Christopher Robin, then The Nutcracker in the Four Realms, then Wreck-It Ralph, Tru- Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, then Mary Poppins, <laughs> then Captain Marvel, then the live-action Dumbo, Weird. then Penguins, Penguins, Penguins. Oh, it's a Disney Disney Earth movie or Disney uh, Nature. Okay. Yeah. Then Avengers Untitled. Then the live action Aladdin. Then Toy Story Four. Then the live uh, action. Then the live action Lion King. See Toy Story Four again. Remember the headline I just I gave at the top of the show. Disney erects large Woody at <laughs> or giant Woody at Hollywood Studios. They're getting Toy Story Land open before the next Toy Story movie opens. <gasps> Concept, James Cameron. See how it all comes back together? Mm-hmm. Unlike the MCU and Marvel TV, it's all connected. So have you gone to visit the giant erect Woody? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, I don't know if I want to. Not without proper protection. You might get splinters. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Would you go visit it? I would indeed. (laughs) Okay, I think these comments are getting a little stiff. (laughs) They're dysfunctional. You've listened to Keepers of the Fringe. They can get a lot worse. They're very dysfunctional. <laughs> ah. <clears throat> anyway, where were we? <laughs> I, I, I hope these jokes weren't a little premature. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to keep them clean. <laughs> yes, we're I a clean too, show. So but not... <laughs> we're a clean show, but we do hit the end of windows pretty hard. I got a bunch of them, but I can't say any of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we need We Be Geeks After Dark. Actually, this is when we need to do. Yeah, I. Okay, let me finish this list and then I'm going fi- to go with this other thought. Toy Story 4, The Lion King live action, Artemis Fowl, which I have no clue about. I, yeah, me either. Frozen 2, we, we ask why. Let it go. Ugh. We don't want another Ugh. snowman. And then Star Wars Episode 9. 
Yeah. Notice. So that that's all just in the next two years. That takes us through December 2019. Wow. Notice. They didn't go into 2020. Mm. So we have no clue if there's a what the Star Wars story is going to be Mm -hmm. for 2020. Now, going back to the after dark thought, we have (laughs) I'm looking at merging Weeby Geeks, Monday Marvel Geeks, Wookiee Radio, since I'm running the three, merging all three of them into one Patreon page and getting rid of the Mighty Marvel Geeks page and making it you support all three shows there. Maybe we could do the, like, After Dark, a 10, 15-minute After Dark version of the show there as exclusive content. That you I don't know if for. we could... I don't know if we could just keep it down to 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> Still, anything after show that we go off the rails could be put up there as extra content that you buy. Question is, we have to do it at least once a month. Mm. That could be possible. Could you only imagine the rants we get on about cosplayers there? <laughs> oh, I, I think I think people should pay money to hear to really hear me go off uncensored. <laughs> I'm not saying, but I'm saying <laughs> this is a thought. This is a thought. I give you guys access to that same page. If you guys want to do a, a one-off extra bonus, hey, let me throw it right there. Hmm. This is Interesting. This is, this is something potentially building. Breaking news. Some, what the hell were they thinking? But <laughs> it would definitely be whatever it is. It would be uncensored. Wookie Radio, uncensored. Oh, <laughs> Star mm-hmm. Wars fanboys, mm-hmm. you've met your match. <laughs> Mighty Marvel Geeks, uncensored. Or After Dark, all these <laughs> After Dark. It could be entertaining. So, yeah, that's the that's the movies. Um, so, I mean, just alone, you've got, uh, of course, they, they say afterwards. Now, Marvel-wise, you've got uh, Ant-Man and Wasp on July 6th. March 8th of next year, you've got Captain Marvel with May 3rd, The Avengers, uh, the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming on July 5th. Why isn't this on the list? Because it's still being released by Sony, Mm. not not Disney. And Guardians 3 coming out in 2020. So, um, so, um, yeah, sure. As we shall move on. Yes. So we're going to be moving away from Infinity War a bit. About time. Wait, did I say (laughs) that out loud? (laughs) Until we see this weekend, I can't wait. Now, uh, of course, there's the whole deal going on with... uh, Disney buying Fox, assuming everything goes well, and uh, potentially we could see the Fantastic Four, uh, the X-Men brought into the MCU. And uh, it's interesting because now we see that Marvel's bringing back Fantastic Four and they have several X-Men comics going around. Uh, But now they're bringing back some nostalgic X-Men goodness with uh, Fleer and Upper Deck. 
So I was a huge uh, trading card collector back in the 90s. I used to love to collect all kinds of them, uh, trading cards. I I was too with, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the, um, it's mainly hockey cards, but I, I also collected baseball cards as well. I did not collect any sports cards. I collected all I, comic I book, movie cards. I collected Star, the Star Wars cards mm. as well. I collected a lot of Marvel cards and stuff. So Upper Deck is bringing back the Fleer Ultra line for a new set of X-Men trading cards. They were a huge deal in the 90s, of course, and which I used to love them, with pretty much every Marvel character having a card with some awesome art in it. Marvel even used some of these trading cards as variant covers not too long ago, though they only used Jim Lee's art. So uh, these cards are definitely going to be based on the 90s era of Marvel's X-Men. Artists David Nakayama and Megan Hetrick showed off some of the 90s inspired art that we can expect from the line. Uh, David showed off a Wolverine card and Megan showed off an Onslaught card on their Twitter. Uh, David Nakayama... Uh, you can follow him at David Nakayama. Uh, he tweeted, Flare Ultra X-Men, brand new trading cards in July with a 10-card 90s-style sunset by me. Here's Wol- hashtag Wolverine to whet your appetite. As a guy who got into comics because of Jim Lee's X-Men, you know this meant a lot to me. Hashtag X-Men, hashtag Flare, hashtag Marvel, hashtag trading cards, hashtag David <laughs> Nakayama. And he shows his... Uh, he tweeted out his draw, his his uh, image of a Wolverine, and it looks pretty sweet. I gotta say, it looks real good. So, so then, hmm? I, I'm looking right now. I'm I'm loving these cards. I know, all right. Uh, and then uh, Megan Hetrick at Megan Hetrick also tweeted. Finally got the go ahead to show this. I've had it and the other four under wraps in September of last year. <laughs> wow. Uh, Flare Ultra X-Men Art 1 of 5 Onslaught. I'll post the rest over the next bit with a photo of the all-original art at the end. Uh, so her her picture of Onslaught looks pretty sweet, too, actually. I'm yeah. really loving the. I, I'm going I'm to have to get these. These are awesome. So uh, the Flare Ultra X-Men line of trading cards will be available this July at your uh, finer comic book stores, I'm sure. Sounds cool. And other establishments. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. It looks pretty cool. Well, moving on. Wonder Woman 2 is confirmed to take place in the 1980s. Interesting. Why the 80s? Well, why the, not? If it's the eighties, we'd be talking uh, George George Perez territory. Mm. Ah, could be fun. Even well, though the first, they... even though the first one's still highly inspired by uh, George's stories and or artwork and everything. Anyway, mm. um, DC is still tr- struggling to come up with a great film that isn't Wonder Woman. Everyone has high hopes for December's Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> Who's everyone? <laughs> Ken. <laughs> That's all I know. The only one I know. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> um, but it's... Uh, 
of course, 2019 will feature two more, Shazam and Wonder Woman 2. Um, the latter has plenty of ha- fans hyped for it since it was actually a good film. It was a great film, actually. Yes, it was. Me being the Marvel guy out of the group, even though I did read a lot of DC as a kid as well. Um, Wonder Woman was, was probably the best. Now, Patty Jenkins has confirmed the time period will take place in the 80s. Uh, it will have a huge time skip, which took place during the First World War, which I don't understand why they went so far back. It made more sense for it to be in World War II, not World War One. Because World War Two has been done to death. Yeah. But don't care. They did World War Two in Captain America. Yeah. So? I'm glad they went World War One. Maybe they should have gone with the Spanish American War. With Why not? Roosevelt. They could have done the. Uh, they could have gone all the way back to the uh, Revolutionary War. Okay, that might be too far. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> they could have gone back to the Battle of Troy. <laughs> um, so the second film is going to have the huge time skip and what this what does this mean it means that Amazon Warrior will be skipping out on World War 2 which is a <laughs> interesting move <coughs> nonetheless uh, Jenkins also confirmed to Screen Rant um, she also confirmed the news to Screen Rant during the Warner Brothers presentation I'm assuming at CinemaCon uh, the 80s was actually heavily rumored early on with reports claiming that Wonder Woman will be fighting in the Cold War. So the Nazis aren't good enough anymore. The Nazis are done to death. Okay, could this be a political statement since we may be going back into... Okay, I hate going politics. But what? But with things heating up politically with us and Russia again because of Syria... Could this be a jab at the politicians by bringing up the Cold War again? No. You know, the, okay. It was a reach. I failed. <laughs> Shoot me. I mean, it could, it could be, but I don't think it is. Um, I think they just want to see Wonder Woman with the poofy 80s hairstyle. Ooh, could we get... And, and leg warmers. <laughs> could we get Red Sun? Probably not. <laughs> Mm, probably not. <laughs> it would be interesting, but probably not. It would. It would. So, yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman comes out November 1st, 2019, which will make my daughter happy because then we can see it around her birthday. Nice. So, how about the next series or next next article, which is about a series? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, <clears throat> so... Who watches The Watchmen? Well, that could be us soon. Uh, as <clears throat> as some of you may know, Watchmen, the HBO is planning to do a Watchmen series. Uh, they have already ordered a pilot, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be done by Damon Lindelof, who some may recognize from such shows as Lost or The Leftovers. Uh, and he wants to, he wanted to make sure that it's known that, that this is not going to be, strictly speaking, not an adaptation. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. So he was recently on the podcast Bookish with Sonia Walger. Ever heard of it? 
Uh, and he said, uh, adapting may be the right word at the end of the day. Uh, do you watch Fargo at all? I wouldn't call Noah Hawley's version of Fargo an adaptation because the movie exists inside of his world. And so everything that happened in the movie Fargo, it does precede the television show Fargo. So they find a bag of money in the first season and you go, oh, that came from the movie. But it's also no, it's also Noah is pulling from other areas of the Coen Brothers canon. So it evokes like Lebowski, but it's also his his own thing. Um, so he's basically is trying to say that viewers should set, should set aside any expectations to see the storyline of Watchmen played out. Uh, but he's not calling it exactly a follow-up series either. Uh, it's, it's, there's even a potentially significant implication that the characters of Watchmen may not even be central to the show. Uh, beyond the comic already being adapted for film by Zack Snyder, Lindelof has another good reason to avoid a strict interpretation of Watchmen. And that is that Alan Moore is famously against the idea. Uh, Lindelof said, I think it's widely known that Alan Moore does not want Watchmen to be adapted. So I'm playing a bit of a game of semantics here in saying I'm not adapting Watchmen. So there you go. The show is not going to be a direct adaptation. However, it's still not totally clear what it's going to be exactly either. Probably sounds like it could be uh, stories from the Watchmen universe type deal. Could be. Question is going to be: Is this going to be something that's going to piss off uh, Alan Moore? Well, let's put it this way: They're doing a show based on Watchmen, so yes, he's already pissed off. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> without even knowing anything about it, <laughs> just the fact that they're doing it probably pisses him off. You're, you're doing the Watchmen? Oh, what the hell? <laughs> uh, I'm sure it sucks already. But, I hate it. But we took it directly from your script, from your books, and didn't change anything. It still sucks. <laughs> well, what would you have done? I would have made it not suck. <laughs> <laughs> I would have fired you first. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never adapted it. So, um, I guess we could go with the phrase, this person's adapting. Oh, that would be nice. (laughs) Very nice. Um, Harrison Ford is going to be taking on his first animated movie in, well, ever. Crazy. In Secret Life of Pets 2. Crazy. Uh, The 75-year-old actor uh, has been cast. Um, Of course, the first movie's lead character was voiced by comedian Louis C.K. However, Mm -hmm. Illumination Entertainment parted ways with the star after very many sexual misconduct allegations last year. Now, now. Mm. Uh, So it's rather amazing that Harrison Ford, whose career spans more than 50 years, um, has never voiced an animated character and is going to be getting this opportunity in Secret Life of Pets, too. Especially since he isn't just voicing a small character in the movie, he's also going to be the lead. So which way is this direction going? Secret Life of Pets 2? Kingdom of the Crystal Bone. (laughs) (laughs) 
Raiders of the Lost Bark. <laughs> this is it's weird. That I can I can definitely see I'm definitely not surprised that he's never done an animated movie before, but I'm surprised that he would do this one. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. That definitely makes it odd. Mm. So, um, I guess on to the is that it? Is that the That's final it. story? That's all we got. Uh, I'm just gonna say this: Have you seen the new Venom trailer? Yes, I have. Oh my God! What the hell do they do to Venom? <sighs> exactly. I, <don't> <laughs> I am. I. Uh, I. I am not. I have not been feeling any confidence in this movie since the first time I heard about it and seeing the trailer. Still, I am not filled with confidence. I'm not either. There are some aspects of it that I that I thought were kind of in, interesting and I kind of liked. Uh, like I did like the way they handled like the symbiote voice and stuff. Yeah, talking to Eddie and everything. But yeah, I don't know. Of course, they still have a few months before the actual movie comes out, and they could tweak the 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 CGI on Venom. But I don't know. Like the tentacles, when they showed just the tentacles, that was kind of cool. But I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. Just something, there's just something, something. I can't even put my finger on it exactly, but it just, I don't know. It's just not right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not right. I I love the one comment. We have venom without lips. He's all teeth, no action. <clears throat> well, it's just enough teeth to say he's not gumming you to death. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I kind of like the trailer. I do not. I'm not feeling the new new look for Venom. Mm, I, I'm just really not. And I'm still not crazy about the fact that they're doing the movie and not. <sighs> not making it part of the MCU. Yeah, and not like directly linking it to Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just, uh, it's just wrong. That's not right. Nope. It certainly isn't right. <laughs> so any other final thoughts? Mm, I can't wait to see Avengers this weekend. <clears throat> well, how about this? Check out our website, weebegeeks.net. Uh, support our affiliates at, um, Ripped Apparel, TV Stuff Online, Loot Crate, uh, Fan Chest, which get your Fan Chest now for your mom for Mother's Day. So you know how they like sports stuff. Actually, there's quite a few who actually like sports stuff. Go check it out. Oh, get yeah. Your, um, actually, check out any of our affiliates. Uh, TV Store Online. There's something there for your for your mom for Mother's Day. Order it now. Click, click one of the links. Takes you right there. Supporting them supports us. Um... Shoot. Uh, also, to click on the store, the word store on on the menu bar at the top of the page, it'll take you to our T Public store, which would allow you uh, to get some cool, cool merchandise mugs, pillows, notebooks, tapestries, shirts, sweatshirts, all with the logo on it. And who knows, there may be some other surprises coming as well. Like maybe a sublimated shirt, T-shirt, or soccer-like jersey. Who knows? So, um, I can't think of anything else beyond that. 
Me either. So, on that note... Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.